It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is Time Enough Podcast. Hey, it's the Time Enough podcast where we talk about the Twilight Zone and beyond, opening the hood and having a look at what makes these episodes TikTok, which we're not on. We're not on TikTok. I'm an old man. I don't really know what TikTok is for. What is TikTok for? You can just be put on TikTok against your will. Someone could just cap this and put it on TikTok. Oh, maybe I'm on TikTok. Yay. Okay. This is just like you could be on YouTube. Hi, I'm Mark Malik. That's Mark Malik. This is Matt. Uh, Today's episode of The Twilight Zone is third from the sun, not starring John Lithgow and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Also not 30 Rock starring Tina Fey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I do know it's a slightly different title, but I just, I kept, when I was making my notes, I kept almost like writing third rock from the sun, right? So... (laughs) I think 30 Rock was on the air for about 15 years before I could stop thinking about John Lithgow when I heard the name of the show. (laughs) But um, yeah, I'll go ahead and do a bit of the the trivia on this one. Uh, Just a couple of our lead actors. Fritz Weaver is Will Sturka. He appeared in films such as Fail Safe, The Marathon Man, and The Thomas Crown Affair. He'll return in the fantastic season two episode of The Twilight Zone, The Obsolete Man, as well as appearing on Serling's Night Gallery. He passed on in 2016 at age 90. Carling is played by Edward Andrews. His fine-tuned, creepy vibes are that of a veteran character actor. As such, he has credits everywhere. On the film side are The Absent-Minded Professor, Tora, 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 16 Candles, and Gremlins. On TV, he was a regular on Broadside, returns for the Twilight Zone episode, You Drive, and most impressively held a role on the short-lived Super Train. This is one of director Richard Bear's seven Twilight Zone episodes. Otherwise, he directed the vast majority of 60s sitcom Green Acres. And now that song is stuck in your head. Is it? Yes. See? It's the elephant. It's the pink elephant in the room right so you can't not think about it once it's there apparently uh he died in 2016 i think but it it said on wiki like around 2009 he was trying to like reboot green acres i'm like does that work (laughs) the thing about green acres i i i mean it was a great ensemble and whoa what oh Uh, it was a great ensemble (laughs) sorry your screen share freaked me out uh it was a great ensemble cast but it always bothered me that it was about a man who wants to move to the country and then everyone he can't understand anyone it's it's like it's like he's the prisoner of his own design like in the prisoner i mean i don't think the prisoner really it he didn't imprison himself right he kind of did i mean he knew he knew information 
that made someone imprison him. But see, I'm gonna, I'm gonna spoil the prisoner first. I, I believe he turned out to be number one. Oh God, I don't remember. Yeah. Anyway, cool show. <laughs> uh, very, very Twilight <laughs> Zoney. But let's, let's very Green Acres esque. Very Green Acres esque. Patrick McGowan and Green Acres. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, just reboot it like that. Uh, the like Welsh Green Acres. Oh, why am I in the countryside? <laughs> and he could, and they could. Well, it couldn't be McGoon anymore, but uh, he could be whoever is in it could be chased by a giant rubber ball all the time as they're yes. wondering why they're in the countryside. <laughs> yes, and the rubber ball is just like, ah, come on back here now. We're about to wash a hog. I hope that was the 2009 proposal. Then, okay. <laughs> yes. Um, as for it, third from the sun, give us give us the wrap on that. It's quitting time at the plant. Time for supper now. Time for families. Time for a cool drink on the porch. Time for the quiet rustle of leaf-laden trees that screen out the moon. And underneath it all, behind the eyes of the men, hanging invisible over the summer night, is a horror without words. For this is the stillness before the storm. This is the eve of the end. Um, I think everyone knows the twist. You were like, when can I spoil it? I guess you had you you had something you wanted to go straight up say about the twist. So if if that bothers you, now is the time to not listen to the podcast. It wasn't Earth all along, you maniacs. Okay, there you go. <laughs> this is definitely one where the I think the episode is really good, but yeah, the twist is like whatever. <laughs> Well, it's like yeah the episode is great it's a fantastic episode the twist is like sometimes the the twists on the twilight zone are maybe a little bit too um a cliche isn't the right word maybe a little bit too this is, this just is the, the opposite of the thing i've seen before this is the the m night Shyamalan uh robot chicken bits where he comes in what a twist you know however I was surprised by it, and I'd for, I know I'd seen this episode before, but I had forgotten what the what the deal was. Well, you could call it a red herring, or you could call it Rod Serling not doing his homework because they put the they they say they're eleven million miles away, which is like just like not that far past the moon. I think <laughs> like it's 11. not it's not that far away. Yeah. Uh, Venus is like maybe I don't know a lot more than that. The sun. If only Neil deGrasse Tyson was there to tweet at Rod Serling. What? Yeah. What was um in the sun is ninety three? Is it? I'm pretty sure that's within the range of the sun. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, that you know the number we talked about another episode where the numbers are pretty whack too. So uh, one thing Rod Serling was not was an astrophysicist. So. <laughs> I mean, this was pre moon landing. So for all we knew, we were going to go to the moon and find a bunch of people there. I mean, we didn't know. We did know we weren't going to find people there, but maybe uh, Hollywood thought that we would. Yeah. I think I think people still really thought there might be life on Mars at this point. I think the general populace probably. Well, they I mean, the moon landing footage is fake because the real footage has the transformers in it. Well, so of course, show everyone that, <laughs> but no one. Yeah, but no one. You know, I don't know if they'd even planned that in 1959 yet. <laughs> right so it's probably all, all the transformers were old timey like ovens and stuff but yeah like i guess typewriter. My, my thought is like 
that's the twist. So let's throw that out the window and now talk about the episode, which okay. is a very nice study of impending doom. Yes, the uh, the the other thing about the twist that my brain can absolutely not uh, remove. I cannot remove this from my brain, which is that statistically it would be absolutely impossible for an alien civilization to independently invent playing cards. Um. Yeah. I would. Yeah. You could have different designs. They could have like Simpson playing cards or something. Yes, but they there wouldn't be like whatever it is four suits with 14 cards each or something and they would all be who knows maybe it's a subtle mathematical like uh inevitability you know that we do that uh so but (laughs) mathematical inevitability would be like aliens also have hair yeah um i guess though yeah if they had showed them playing something like Battlestar Galactica's pyramid, you know, that wouldn't have been so great. And yes, I know pyramid is also like a on the court game, but I believe they had cards as well. I don't, it's, it's a, don't... it's a thing where, okay, I could, I could believe that they independently invented power tools and basements and fences. Yeah. But if they did if see if the playing cards have been different, it would have been like too early a tip off. And then you wouldn't have gotten yeah. that fantastic shot from under the glass table. No, that was fantastic. That scene was amazing. I so, don't really understand why they uh, why they let Connor in his ha- in their house, but I guess maybe aliens are more polite. I assumed he just kind of drifted in. I mean, doesn't he just kind of drift in front of the windows? He's very Simpsons. I'm sure the Simpsons is a riff on that before. <laughs> oh yeah, he's he is, he is fantastic. What a what an amazing presence. I mean, I haven't I haven't seen Gremlins in probably 25 years, but when I was doing the trivia stuff and I ran he's in Gremlins, like, oh yes, he was in Gremlins, you know. <laughs> yeah, he is a gremlin in this episode. Yeah, yeah, really. So um and he's not he's not really wrong. You know, well, no, I just like a thing where you you probably want to keep tabs on your <laughs> Employees by going to their house and coming into their house and threatening them vaguely. I, I said he's like a cross between Truman Capote and a conspiracy theorist who turns out to be right, which I guess is just Truman Capote. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's like if Truman Capote was like the uh, the 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 guy in the horror movie who was like the the bad the the bad human in the horror movie, right? Because you know. Um, our protagonist are about to cut and run and he's like trying to figure it out because hey maybe he wants to cut and run why shouldn't he get to cut and run i got the impression that he just didn't think that there was going to be that much of a holocaust yeah i guess that's true um we do see yeah we see things blow up in the end don't we okay (laughs) yeah well it's like that would have been weird if they left and then the planet didn't blow up we're just like uh well, wow, we didn't really have to go after all. Anyway, here's Earth. We're in space now. They do get a flying saucer, so at least they get like a proper UFO. That's nice. Um, also, I'm going to say fantastic flying saucer control panel. The whole that whole thing was amazing. I didn't even think we were going to get that much. Oh yeah, when we get into the ship in the end, it's like, hey, we suddenly went like full like you know 50 sci-fi. Yeah, and I'm also jealous of the guy's telephone, which is would also be something that would never be independently invented by a different civilization, the rotary phone. But 
really cool telephone where he picks it up and the, the dial is on the bottom of it. Oh, right, right, right. Well, that's why it's alien because the dial is on the bottom. Yes. <laughs> and it has Arabic numbers. But, you know, you you have to you have to forgive that. <laughs> you can't show them being like blah, 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 in the alien language or whatever. That would that would completely ruin everything. Okay, let's do a thought experiment then and say if you were making this episode and, and did not have to rely on the twist so much, what are the subtle changes you would make to make it um, more alien? Because I think the conceit it still needs to be mostly human looking, right? So, or earth looking, I should say. Yeah, I probably would just have not had the playing cards in there. And I guess that that's, you never see a car. Right. Oh, okay. yeah, you do see a car. Okay. Oh. Well, I've taken cars out. Okay. And uh, <laughs> taking the, the cars out, take the phone out, take the cards out. I said cards already, didn't I? How do they no, move around cars. when they need to go to you the You just show uh, them, cut to them running onto a fence, running towards events. <laughs> That'd be great. They show like a busy city street, right? And people are walking yeah. on the sidewalks. And then there's just a bunch of people like running in the middle of the street. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you get places <laughs> in this planet. You just have to run at top speed. They they have a lot of stamina, fortunately. So <laughs> there's there's a lot they don't show. It might be that it may be for a viewer who was watching this with fresh eyes in 1959 that they might have just been staring at it the whole time, like, what's going on? What's the twist? What's happening? And you just had to you had to show them something <laughs> that was Earth. Now, related. when when Carling confronts him at the end, when they're actually getting on the ship, they basically um like knock him out, right, and go take great pains to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, if they know that everything's gone in like the next twenty minutes or whatever, they could just shoot the dude. That's what I was thinking the whole time. <laughs> I was like, just kill him, just yeah. kill him, put him in your basement. Uh, nobody will notice he's missing for at least at least the whatever hour it takes you to drive to to the flying saucer i guess maybe they think maybe what if the soft flying saucer doesn't work and what if the earth doesn't blow up or i mean at that point they could even kill him put him in the basement and as they're leaving put a giant sign on the front door that says hey everyone come check out the dead body in the basement (laughs) like it doesn't really matter anymore they put him in kill him put him in the basement call the cops tell them that a body is in a basement that's like 10 miles away there you're done yeah. you don't have to do anything else i believe by 1959 they were pushing i mean the mutually assured destruction was already a thing right oh absolutely i mean that so, is that was probably let's see when was the the actual bomb usage was 1945 right yeah so, but those were those are a bombs or yeah H, you need h bombs to yeah. really get mad right but h bombs were pretty soon after that i mean there were those that was definitely within 10 years yeah 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 but i'm just wondering because don't um, send me email if i'm wrong yeah because captain creepy is like no it's not going to happen or whatever but did it take the cuban missile crisis before really before people really like crap their pants about this i was not alive during the cuban missile crisis i'd really like to know what that i'd love to have been a fly on the wall and see if that like had actually changed anyone's minds but after living through covid in the united states and still living in covid in the united states i assume 
most people just didn't care after a while. Maybe. Okay. I mean, I just, I've said on different I'm, podcasts, but I remember expecting to blow up most days in elementary school. Oh yeah. I absolutely expected to blow up a lot of my childhood. And then for probably the first month or two after Trump took office. <laughs> right. Um, oh, here is one nicely alien thing that was in the episode. Um, when they are in their living room playing cards, the music is like really weird. It sounds like the cantina music from Star Wars, but it's a, on a 45 RPM single and they're playing at 33. It's like, it's just, it was really weird. So I didn't even notice it. That's maybe, maybe I just listened to weird music. Yeah, I put my next note was uh, when I bought the Super Furry Animals album, Dark Days, Light Years on vinyl, which plays oh, at 45 good. RPM. But I didn't notice that. And I listened to it like four times at th on uh, at 33 <laughs> RPM. I just thought they were like getting really weird. <laughs> well, you know that there's a controversy right now where Taylor Swift's re-recorded album is, is being sold at Target at 45 rpm and there's a bunch of reviews on target's website say i bought this taylor swift album and amanda's singing like no one knows how to do it but but also also uh the first time i heard dead kennedys was our our mutual friend andrew Shear, also a friend of the podcast he's probably been on at least what three or four times by now right this podcast um he uh he managed to get one of the teachers at our high school to record a dead Kennedy's album. And I heard it uh, on the cassette after he dubbed it for me. I was like, no, this is 45. You, you played it wrong. I was like, this is, this is a 45. This isn't right. Because the first dead Kennedy's record is super. It, there's no bass in it. And it sounds like it does. <laughs> so <laughs> if you haven't heard dead Kennedy's audience, then you can find it and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about immediately. Yeah, find on vinyl for that. Oh, you just mean the album in general. No, I mean, you right? could just hear it and it sounds like it's a, it sounds like it is too fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> well, I was always glad I heard, didn't hear my bloody Valentine's Loveless on cassette tape first. You'd assume your tape was warped. That is I true. In the sun too long, but I got it on CD, so it was pretty clear it was supposed to be like that. Yep. The Unless worst your I, CD players messed up. The worst I've heard is oh, um no. I'm not like a big dream theater fan, but it's their first or second album, and the first song goes on for eight minutes and then just stops. And you assume your CD is like just screwed up, right? It's like it's like a very digital sounding um gap, but they act that's how oh, the song ends. It was a really that elevation album. by television absolutely made me think my CD player was messed the CD was had a skip in it. Yeah. Because it has <laughs> that weird time signature that's like 15. 15 16 or something i don't even understand it i still don't i mean i could play it but i could not explain to you what the time signature of it is it's math rock um it is so how would you ask around the normies if if there were, you knew there were only 48 hours left and you had a way off hmm. i don't know it's like i would ask a drug dealer first probably <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, just, you know, we, the atmospheric of this episode is so weird, you know, it is, it is like it's very it feels like he probably found that out through a drug dealer. That's what it feels <laughs> like in the episode, like the guy who gets him narcotics also has a spaceship. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> 
narcotics and spaceships. Man, I, well, he'll convince you you're on a spaceship, I guess, once you once you get into his his skag. <laughs> well, you know, it was the 50s, so there was, you know, subterfuge and espionage was in the air and everybody suspected everyone. And I'm sure there's there are overtones here of like Red Scare stuff where. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not trusting your neighbors, all of that sort of stuff. Well, yeah. Now we now we just don't talk to our neighbors, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, it's like now we just yeah, we just if we disagree with our neighbors, we cut them out of our lives. Yeah. Um. I guess let me get to the the questions I like to question people on when I question this episode. Um. Who took a trip through the twilight zone in this one? The audience. Because of the twist. Yes, you were in the Twilight Zone the whole time. Right. Well, you were watching the show at least. Yeah. Um, of, the char- <laughs> of the characters? Of the characters. Um, the main cast, I suppose. Well, it was like they're, they're, everyone, technically everyone in this episode was going about their normal business. Yeah, that's why nobody, nobody like- did anything weird, experienced anything out of the ordinary. Everyone expected that they would. Every, everyone who was doing space travel experienced exactly what they were told they were going to experience. And the, I, get, I guess they probably thought they were going somewhere without nukes, which is that's kind of funny. Okay. So that's, 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 that should, that's our only twist. So that's, maybe they, they will enter the Twilight Zone when they show up on Earth and realize that everybody's going to do the same thing over again. Would have been too dark to show Earth nuking itself as they approach. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, like you just said, yeah, that the, basically means nobody went through the Twilight Zone in this episode. It was just like a kind of a sci-fi adv- oh, it, kind of a drama adventure, right? Yes, it was like an, a straightforward, it, like a pilot-esque sci-fi episode. Unless you're like aliens or the Twilight Zone. But yeah, yeah, no one in this episode actually goes through the Twilight Zone, I would say. That's interesting. Okay. Because I was. Well, everyone was, who thought they were going to wake up on the alien planet the next day and be alive all, okay. all went through the Twilight Zone. Yeah, I was actually thinking Carlin would be the closest to being the guy that goes through the Twilight Zone in this one because he discovers what's happening or what these people are trying to do, at least, right? I feel like he knew. We did like know. maybe he's, he's, or he suspected at least, you know, it's yeah, like I mean, yeah, he, yeah, he obviously has some info that, uh, I mean, he wouldn't be just walking into their living room otherwise. Right. Yeah. Like it's like creepy, like, like someone's terrible husband suspects them of cheating on them and he just shows up <laughs> over and over <laughs> where they are it's like, no, it's exactly what I thought was going to happen. Okay. So does this planet deserve to blow themselves up? I mean, I guess from the little picture we see of hydrogen bomb factories and giant electrical grid systems, it doesn't look so nice, but you get out in the countryside, it's probably fine. They seem pretty cool. I mean, I would welcome at least the people who escape are cool. Yeah. Yeah. There's maybe a little bit of uh, incest overtones, but that's (laughs) probably... She wants to dance with daddy a little too much as but you know maybe it's just their culture also daddy is a is making h-bombs right so is that cool yeah that is a little bit hypocritical yeah so that what, makes- i mean yeah it's not it's not like he was like i put a thing in the bomb that may will make it not go off so less people will die he just was like well there's there's a lot of bombs already out he there, did so. he, he did explain that it was just like 
70 people working on every part of every bomb <laughs> but that one moment where he feels remorse it's like ah and then he just goes back to like oh well i invite jerry over to play cards yeah some kind cancel of like, your date <laughs> but i was gonna bone my high school sweetie tonight <laughs> i actually wrote well yeah anyway i don't have to get she that, seemed but, pretty uh, cool you know uh, that guy missed out on yeah, being alive Okay, I was just saying, yeah, they seem cool, but then you're like, well, the guy is like actually responsible, you know, in part responsible for the coming destruction. So it's not like yeah, it's it's, uh, it's almost like Elon Musk going to space and staying there. Maybe that's maybe that's where he came from. This could be the Elon mm-hmm. Musk story for all we know. I don't know if I'd give him that much credit. I'm just thinking of the he's an alien vibe that people like to throw on him, right? Yeah, he's. This would be the origin. He's weird. Like he's the he kind would... of person who is uh, who is probably just capable of gaming systems, but doesn't know how to speak to humans. I saw a recent headline that said Elon Musk thinks you should die, and it's <laughs> just about that he thinks that it's important that people die eventually, because he's already thinking in terms of we're going. You know, maybe we shouldn't cure death because clearly I, Elon Musk, could cure death if I wanted to, but maybe I shouldn't. Yeah. Well, if you but, have, but it comes across just like Elon Musk thinks he should die, as in you know the the actual fact of it, which is he does doesn't give a crap about anybody. I think there's quite a few CEOs that want you to die now. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, yeah, um, maybe he blew up his old planet and now he's here. <laughs> you could, yeah, that would I be just, my theory. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know if I'd see him being on the. I feel like he would be more like the. Uh, well, he wouldn't be the uh, Carlin, but he would be. Well, that's, that's what uh, I'm saying. He'd be the he'd be the main the main guy in this episode, right? Because he's in charge. He has the the scientific know how, kind of a little bit enough I, to impress I, people. I don't know if he'd have the foresight or the paranoia to leave, though. That's okay. Yeah, I just yeah, don't I, see him leaving. Um, where does this land on the tripometer for you? Uh, out of what is the scale again? Zero to five. I'd give this a two. Okay, I'm gonna give it a third. You can decide if that means like point three 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 or the number three. <laughs> mm. I, you could give it a three. You no, know, gi- it's no, got not, a spaceship not- in it. Wow, there's a spaceship. Spaceship's pretty cool. Telephone's pretty cool. Honestly, I I, I probably do agree with you. It would be like 2.5 or something too, but um, I just can't help but give it a third. (laughs) (laughs) You're just agreeing with me and one other hypothetical person. Yeah, it's just it's asking for that ranking, I believe. So I'm giving it that ranking. <laughs> it's third out of and what is what's number one and two? What I mean, it's a meter, so placement doesn't yeah. make sense. That's the twist of this podcast episode. Mm, and one was five the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> it's in it's alien world numbers are backwards. There are four lights. <laughs> They're playing cards. They're playing cards, but actually the two was more valuable than the three. They were playing cards, but Jody was cheating. She was cheating on her date with being alive the next day. Yeah. Oh, that, that poor guy. I was playing a doing a class game yesterday, right? 
and mm-hmm. you roll the dice and um the kid just kind of like just drops it and gets a six like he didn't really roll it so the other kid and the other team's like oh he cheated i'm like he still can't win who cares because <laughs> 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 it was so far the game like i like it was the last mover and i'm like you guys already won so let him do that if he wants who cares <laughs> that's an important life lesson yeah really just let them think they've gained something yeah because it was like it's impossible at this point so (laughs) (laughs) i mean i guess it could be like i wanted to win by a wider margin but when it's when it's a win-lose proposition it doesn't really matter does it it just depends on who you are yeah and the game is half the way i construct it's basically half skill half luck that way no one ever gets too so was it like mario party i i don't know <laughs> it's like an insane version of tic-tac-toe or something but uh the super smash brothers come at it. me audience it's half luck half skill <laughs> yeah Wait, what was the old school one for that marvel versus capcom the, the, the marvel versus match. capcom was 100 percent skill oh what was what was the big pass button masher uh maybe mortal kombat one or two Okay. I thought there was a Marvel game that was a button masher. Well, Marvel versus Capcom 2 did simplify and went from six buttons to four. And there were like crazy, ridiculous combos. So that would be, I, I, you can make the argument that that is more luck based than Marvel versus Capcom 1. Okay. I think that's fair. I, I, I just remember you calling it a button masher at the time. So maybe you've changed your opinion. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think it is less skill based than something like Tekken or Soul Calibur. Right. Okay. Or Street Fighter 3. But this was 1959 and they were just playing cards. So you're playing Street Fighter Alpha negative 0 first impact strike plus so alpha that, minus So that's the change you would have made in this. You would have been playing that <laughs> card Street game Fighter. Right <laughs> Which for 1955 would be pretty oppressive. <laughs> yeah. They were playing the card version of Street Fighter, like all those represented attacks. <laughs> because they're aliens. Certainly somebody's made that. The, the card. Oh, game. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I have there are card versions of many video games that I've played at this point. Right. All right. Uh, as for this podcast, it is Time Enough Podcast. It's Time Enough Pod on Twitter, Time Enough Podcast on Facebook. Hopefully, it's on all the pod catchers which it's not at this exact moment, but it only started airing two days ago. So let's crack that whip on Apple and hope it's there by now. Okay. Um, we do other podcasts. Mark is on some of these other podcasts where we talk about sci-fi films. Uh, there's some about Pokemon and Monster Hunter. It's all on the Patreon umbrella of Podcastio, Podcastius. Throw us a dime. You'll get some episodes early, that sort of thing. Uh, I think Mark, I think it's March. I think this is March. Hey, welcome to March. Beware the Ides. You can find me on Stunrider Music on Twitter. I haven't tweeted anything yet, but it's only December. You so you got all that time. So I have three months to make my first tweet for an account that's a year old. Right. So if he doesn't do it by then, just send some hate mail his way. Yeah, just tweet at me why the hell aren't you tweeting dot com? Yes. But dot com why, on there why? so everyone knows you know how to use the internet. <laughs> <laughs> no, make the message. How do I send a tweet? 
Google Alexa, how do I tweet? dot com <laughs> send him that message if you tweet that at if you tweet that at me i'll send you a free um i'll just send you a free piece of kitchenware through the mail <laughs> randomly except you have to figure out how to, uh, how to <laughs> get up your address i'll just put the tw- put the twitter handle on the package i can't believe that society isn't to the point where i could just put the twitter handle on a package and put it in the mail like that should work <laughs> Should have be you tried able to it? send something. You should know. <laughs> should be able to send something directly to Elon Musk just by putting at alien rich man on Twitter, whatever his handle is. I have no idea. Come on, if it's gonna you work, you say it, handle. Do you even say it, handle? Is that wrong? <laughs> Address. No, my at. point is, you, you, if if this Twitter sending things is going to work, you can't just like guess someone's Twitter name. <laughs> <laughs> well also that would that would be an, an enormous problem if you could just send something to someone's twitter address that would be uh like just murders would just increase by like 20 percent immediately i just saw divine and pink flamingos uh declaring someone has sent me a bowel movement <laughs> yes well you know she managed to find another bowel movement by the end of that film anyway that's true. How much is that dog in the window? <laughs>